Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Hello, welcome to the Money Men episode of the 19th of January 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. And Luke. How are you, Steve? I'm good. First I'm good. episode back, mate. It is first episode back, so it's what, been about a month? It has, has. yeah. Yeah, so how Time was Time flies. How was your break? Very nice, mate. We mm. had a good Chrissy. Mm. Um, Isaac enjoyed it a bit more because he's a bit older, yeah. almost yeah. three, and, and, and Bronte just sat in her bouncer and you know, observed um, from from afar. Taking it all in <laughs> Take, to, to store for um, their experiences yep. and to draw on for next year. So yeah. sure, well, this year. I'm this sure year. this, well, year, this she'll year she'll was, be, um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she'll be enjoying Chrissy, <laughs> um, which is crazy. So time flies. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're back into it. Um, you've been back at work as such for a couple of weeks, haven't I have, you? mate, yeah. yeah. And I so, sort of hit the office uh, beginning of this week. So yep. um, back into the routine of things, mm-hmm. which I'm sure... Most of our listeners are by They now. probably are. Yeah. And it has been kind of nice. I mean, mm. I think that break was really good and everyone mm. everyone sort of needed a bit of downtime. Mm. Down, down time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, we'll get into the markets in a minute. Today we're going to talk about our usual wins of the week, or wins of the fortnight, or in this case, wins of the month, um, <laughs> or the week or whatever it is. Um, you're going to have a bit of a chat, uh, talk about a new product the Commonwealth Bank has released. Yep. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, superannuation and um, and earnings over the long term. Talk a little bit about budgeting, that boring subject of budgeting, but uh, plenty of people have spoken to me this week already about um, getting on top of their cash flow. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about what a self-managed super fund uh, is able to sort of pay for. Yes. Um, from its, um, if we think we get the time. If we get the time. But remembering yep. we always try to keep to about 40 minutes. Um, okay, um, what have the markets done recently? Yeah, so for the fortnight, um, I didn't take the monthly picture. I just mm. sort, of, sort of thought I'd keep it consistent and just mm-hmm. lead, lead into fortnights, even though I could probably do the month. Um, the ASX, um, so the Australian markets, are uh, down just under 2% mm-hmm. um, for the fortnight. Um, the Dow Jones, so over in the United States, flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the S&P 500 also in the United States, up about 1.7% for the fortnight. So, you know, there's been there's been lots happening. And, you know, as you and I both know, Steve, at the end of last year, you know, markets returned, um, you know, pr- pretty strong performance or, you know, performance is, you know, virtually in line with, you know, what we would expect from equity markets. Hmm. Um, whether that's rational or not is neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, we don't necessarily need to get in the nitty gritty of it, but, um, you know, they sort of did what they are meant to do um, all in the last month of last year. Hmm. Yeah, which, yeah, pretty which, much. Which, which is, um, you know, quite quite interesting because when you're sitting down with your clients and you're reviewing their portfolios throughout the year, you know, everyone's sort of saying, well, you know, of course they like to see positive performance yeah. and, you know, of course we've got the antidote to sort of explain, you know, if it's not positive, don't stress and, yeah. you know, and, and we can sort of talk talk to those subjects. But yeah. it was interesting in the last yeah. end of last year sort of doing review meetings and showing that yeah. well, you, you know, portfolios are up. Yeah, yeah. well, I looked at the, the monthly um, returns or, or performance. Oh, you did, yep. yeah. So, you know, the ASX is down about 1.3 compared to the fortnightly 1.2%, uh, I think. 
Dow Jones was flat. Um, it's been flat for a fortnight as well. And the S&P was up about half a percent. Yeah, okay. um, I had 1.7% for, for, for the fortnight. For the fortnight, yeah. yeah. So if you go back a month, it's only 0.5%. Yep. Um, and then if you go back three months, and I've only, only looked at the Dow Jones. The, yeah, so the Dow Jones has been flat over the past month. But its three-month performance mm-hmm. is twelve percent. <laughs> so, you know, so there you it's, go. And that, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. End, end of it's last year is, and, is and most of the, the gains in people's superannuation portfolios has been um, around the US market, the, U, the US um, equities. Yeah, yeah. That's been where the big, big. Yeah, there have some been, been, yeah. been some decent gains there, and mm-hmm. I, I think if you were to draw a line, you know, in the Australian market, like it's probably basically where it was at the start of 2022, mm. um, as to where it is today. Mm. Um, but in the last month of last year or the last couple of months of last year, it certainly had an uptick in performance. But um, yeah. and remember, it, when we talk about this, we're, we're talking about just the price. We're not talking about um, dividends. It's exactly right. So in isolation, it doesn't really, you know, it, it's just a very, the price movements are just a one-dimensional yeah. element of, of market performance. Um, as I have to often reiterate to, you know, a lot of people, mm. like don't just look at the price. Yeah. Um, you know, the power what, of the dividends. What you've actually earned from yep, it as well. Exactly right. Property. Yeah, residential property. We talk about this a little bit, um, and I'm reasonably interested in the local sort of Warners Bay, Lake Macquarie market at the moment because you know, I've got a I've got a place for sale in the market at the moment. <laughs> um, but um, you know, in the local area, and, and Lake Macquarie is a re- you know large regional yeah. um, area. Um, seems to still be some good prices being yeah, achieved yeah mm. it, and, and it's sort of across the board even mm. you know those entry, entry I say entry level I mm. think to myself the prices they're asking for entry, entry level sort of is a little bit mind boggling some days but mm. um, you know everywhere, everywhere from entry level mid you know to premium property mm. it's still it's still you know yeah, reasonably strong and yeah. I bumped on an agent um, and a mate of mine just on the street a couple of days ago um, and I just said hey how's, how's it going and, and he said you know, it's still pretty strong, but he just said there is no stock. Mm, there yeah, is just, yeah. and you know, uh, supply and demand. Mm. Um, what's going to happen? You know, when supp- supply is low, um, you know, Pri- yeah, yeah, the prices are obviously going to going to yeah. either remain, remain buoyant or, yeah. or or increase. Um, yeah. So I guess yeah, one of the the, the dangers is that. Um, affordability becomes a real problem and people start to have to sell their houses um, oh, yeah. and then there's oversupply and, and prices it's, sort it's, of drop back. So. And, and, mm. and let's be honest, Steve, mm. markets work in cycles. Mm. Yep. That's that's how it happens. Mm. Mm. Um, it, you know, and, and if we use history to draw mm. a bit of a line through it, that's what happens. Mm. You know, yeah. There's booms and busts. Um, and, and it doesn't matter at what point um, mm. you are in, you know, they're always going to occur in different markets. Mm. Um, you know, we've got to try and not predict them as well. Mm. Like, mm. you know, because if we get into prediction games, you know, often mm. we can get stung. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it is it is quite normal to expect things to go up and down. I'm starting to see, and it often interests me or and sometimes disturbs me, that in, you know, quite buoyant markets, and prices are still good, mm. um, you start to see the prol- proliferation of... Um, um, spruikers almost to you know I've, I've talked to a couple recently who were uh, got this guy who's telling them that they need to invest in <laughs> in um, country towns um, yeah. in dual occupancy yeah. high yield properties yeah, um, yeah maybe um, it's all the slick words isn't it uh, you it know? is and you know you, you dig deeper and the guy who's suggesting that they do that is actually a developer and you know he's going to benefit from them yeah. actually buying um, yeah and then you got this um, 
um, that tends the prices get high that people tend to sort of then look for where can you buy that's cheaper um, so then you start they start to talk to the the people who are saying buy in Brisbane or buy in Perth or buy in Adelaide or you know because that's the next best thing the next big thing yeah. and, and prices and are low and maybe that's right but um, yeah you've got to make sure when you're exploring these things that you make sure there's a level of independence around the research that you're doing and that you're not um, just lining someone else's pocket. Yeah, and it's quite an interesting thing if you want to pull the thread on it a little bit and people often get a little bit deluded with, you know, the riches of the property, Mm. Um, not to get bogged down too much before we get onto our other subjects, but they get deluded with the riches of property and they see developers or agents and thinking, oh, you know, the property is, you know, they're they're generating wealth off Mm. that. And Mm. it's like, well, hold on a minute. The developer is generating wealth by selling it, not mm. owning it. Mm. The agent is developing, generating wealth by selling it, not owning it. Yeah. Um, so just you know, just because there's an association with property mm. through some of these you know um, people that might be appearing to do well, mm. um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's the ownership factor of the property that's mm. making them wealthy. It's quite often, you know, I say this tongue-in-cheek, it's quite often the price that you paid for it mm. that's making them wealthy. So, um, you know, and, and the, develop, the developers mm. in particular, not, not, not mm. being critical of agents at mm. all, um, mm. but those developers that you sometimes see um, starting to spruik or getting into, you know, mum and dad's ears around, mm. you know, where you should own property and this is the one to own, you know, turn and run away, mm. please. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, just, or at the very least make sure that there's a level of independent advice that, you, that you're seeking. That so, you've gone and sought. So that you don't just get blinded. Yeah, you know, it's um, just, it's crazy. Yeah, um, um, anyway. Yeah, anyway, we could talk about that we could. for hours. Um, Okay, so wins of the week or fortnight or whenever it is we last had a podcast, wins of the month. Um, yep. uh, I've only been back on the tools for a week, basically, as far as seeing clients. Yep. Um, so, But you've picked up a win. I've picked up a win. And, and listen, this is just one of those um, uh, non... What am I... What's the word I'm calling? Anyway, non-tangible uh, wins, yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a couple good... Good clients um, who I've known for quite some time now. We set them up with a financial plan a few years ago, and one of the things they've done over that period of time is they've purchased a you know a small investment property um, yep. locally, and with interest rates coming off fixed interest and uh, yeah, now sitting at six and a bit percent as opposed to two percent, mm-hmm. the investment property instead of being neutral or positively geared has become negatively geared, yep. and so it's having an impact on their. On their their cash, cash flow, yeah. yep. um, as well as obviously their home mortgage um, going from you know, two or three percent to six percent. Yep. Um, now they're in a position where they can um, you know absorb that, yep. and uh, it just means that they're not able to invest as much in other areas, yep. um, but still causing them some concern. So um, the win here was that they actually had someone they could trust to talk to about their decisioning. Mm. So they were thinking, well, you know gee, this property, we've held it for three years, you know, bought it for X amount of dollars, it's gone up by, you know, in value by, you know, um, 20% over that period of time, 15 to 20%, gee, not much because it's coming off the base of 500,000, only only made 100 odd thousand on it. Not made, but that's what the capital growth is at the moment. Um, Maybe we should sell it, um, relieve that pressure and divert that, you know, $15,000 a year, it's going to cost to hold it into investing in shares or something. Okay, so... 
the fact the fact that they had someone to talk to and 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 talk about the pros and cons of mm. that um, was a win because we I just talked to them about the fact that okay got this property it's achieved um, basically long term average returns five five percent a year yep um, for two and a half years of that uh, ownership it hasn't cost them a cent um, to achieve that hundred thousand dollars growth yep. um, now it's going to cost them to hold it. Um, if interest rates stay the way they yep. are, um, but if they don't do any more work, any more work to the property, and if it continues to grow at an average of four or five percent a year, um, the growth is going to outweigh the cost to hold it. Of course, the cost to hold it is also tax deductible, mm-hmm. um, so the real cost to hold is less than what they think. Yeah, um, and and over time the rent will grow anyway, uh, yeah. so hopefully that helps absorb you know the costs again and if they sell it um there'll be uh, their agents fees and uh, capital gain to pay so i don't know where they will actually go with all that information Mm -hmm. but i my sense is that they have seen that it's probably worth holding the property rather than selling it because you know because it's established and it's there and and compounding growth will take care of itself so yeah that's a win the fact that they had had a sounding board to talk through the, the pros and cons of their decision making yeah Good stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah. You got one? Yeah, well, it made me, you know, a couple actually just made me think, um, having had a, had a couple of conversations um, last week and, and, and even this week with um, a prospective client and an existing client, but a very similar conversation um, to yours with an existing client that their work circumstances are changing. So basically their employer has, um, you know, um, is not fine you know they're basically their employer's not financially viable mm-hmm. um, there's been pretty large cutbacks and you know at, the, at that workplace um, you know and they've been offered you know reduced work and and you know basically just long and the short of it basically a 30 percent pay cut mm-hmm. um, now it was interesting because we've got a lot of committed cash flow um, to superannuation non super investing for this yep. particular client and they're super worried. Mm. about what's going to happen. Yeah. I said, I just simplified things. I said, hey, we just take the throttle off mm. everything. We let the dust settle mm. and then we restart. Yeah. And and the couple of months, six months, 12 months, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. It's, yeah. it's irrelevant. Mm. Um, don't, 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 you know, in their minds, they're thinking we're going to have to stay committed mm. to what we're doing um, how are we going to survive? But, but you've built, you, you built things with enough flexibility. It's to be exactly able to pull back, right. You know, we, so we, maybe pull back on the salary, sacrificing the super, maybe yeah, pull back on the, yeah, the, the non-super investing. investing. Yeah. Um, and it was so, you know, it's good. I think it's good to be able to, I, I, I think anyway, if clients just value that 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 extra perspective. Mm. Um, and sometimes we can sort of see through it and think it's actually a little bit more simple than, you mm. know, what, what you might be otherwise thinking mm. um you know it was as simple as me saying hey i want you to get on the front foot cease your salary sacrifice arrangement that'll put the cash flow back to basically what your reduced wage will look like anyway yeah. um so you're not going to be under any financial pressure yeah. and then if we need to dial things back further we can yeah. um and, and then if we need to re- you can dial up again it's uh, dial, when, dial it back when, up when income recovers yeah yes yeah. so, yeah. and you know i think a lot of people sort of think when we put a plan i mean maybe they think it i don't know um when we start committing cash flow to super or salary sacrifice or non-super investing, I think a lot of people think, oh, that's fixed forever. Mm. I can't, you yeah. know, scale it back. No, it's totally malleable. Mm-hmm. We can, we're can, we flexible with it. So that was one little win just to sort of help them navigate a bit of a change in, you know, their, their work circumstances. 
Um, you know, I dare say this client, you know, won't be hanging around, you know, with the employer. Um, mm. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that, you know, they, they now know that there's some breathing space and they yeah, don't they, have the pressure. They can accept that reduction yeah. in income and without the pressure look for, for another opportunity. Exa- that's, that's exactly right. So I sort of sort of reiterated that it's actually a bit of a, probably a blessing in disguise mm. um, to sort of restart things and, and kick things off. So, um, and, the, and the other win, and I know we're sort of bogging, bogging down on wins this, this fortnight month, but I guess it has been a month since um, mm. conversations. Um, helped a client, prospective client come in, um, had a couple of meetings, um, proceeding with some advice, um, lovely lady, basically just help her understand that, um, you know, for her to build a retirement plan, she doesn't own a property, um, thought she needed to own a property, sort of explored the lending routes and options and realised that, you know, single income, decent income, yeah. uh, but single income, basically the lenders aren't going to give her what she needs to buy anything of um, mm, substance anyway. Yeah. She considered whether she buys in with family. Um, we sort of explored that and sort of, you know, hit that on the head pretty quickly as probably not being the avenue. Hmm. And then, you know, the plan is designed, is going to be designed around showing her, hey, you're used to, you know, this is your income needs in retirement, um, which is really just a function of basically what she's spending now plus yeah. a bit a bit extra. extra yeah. um, and showing her that, hey, she's actually be, going to be all right by, you know, d- you know being pretty good. diligent in yeah. superannuation contributions. And, and again, so that's the tangible bit of advice. And then the intangible piece, as you sort of alluded to mm. earlier, is showing her we're well, actually going to be all right, mm. um, and also understanding that at the point that retirement occurs, you know, it was going to be around sixty-seven, aligning with age pension. That's the design of the plan mm. um, because she's very happy to continue working. Yeah, um, she's going to have amassed enough money at that point in time. If circumstances dictate, so we sort of, you know, explained that, you know, what if your health deteriorates and, you know, you absolutely need a place to purchase, she's going to have a lump sum of money mm. um, to buy a place if that's what she needs. Mm. Um, of course, there's going to come the consequence of reduced lifestyle, but yeah. it sort of was good to show her, hey, you're going to have flexibility in the mm. future mm. And, and we're going to design the plan with that intention. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think she was... You know, over a couple of meetings thinking that she needs to own a property mm. and turns out she doesn't need to own a property. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, of course, in the ideal world, in, in the ideal world, you would have a property. Um, you know... Yeah, well, that's that's a mainstream thought, isn't it? Well, well um, you, know, you know... That's what most Australians mo- yeah, yeah, I mean, idea... But, but sometimes it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, circumstances yeah. dictate mm. that that's not the case. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's not going to be... It's not, not the case. It's just going to be quite hard to achieve mm. and... By trying to go down that avenue at this stage of her life, she's actually going to make, you know, everything else really hard. Yeah. Um, so the trade-off there is, you know, if you buy the property, um, then your retirement at age pension age for a single age pensioner is what it's about twenty-eight grand a year. Yeah, just call that, it yeah, yeah twenty-nine, thirty grand. Twenty-eight, yeah. yeah, say thirty grand a year, and and that's quite a basic lifestyle. Yep. Um, and. But it would it would be dictated then that that would have to be the lifestyle because there would be no other money. Yeah, and the be- yeah. and the beauty of this circumstance or arrangement mm. that you know I could show the client is that as a non homeowner the the yeah. asset tax exemptions are much greater, so yeah. she can accumulate much more in assets, still receive full pension, yeah. still we're yeah. all close yeah. to full pension, still yeah. receive um, rent assistance. Yeah. So mm. so so it's sort of it's just showing them the picture that you actually mm. don't need that much money. Mm to still be able to retain a lifestyle that would mm. be more than double 
the mm. base age pension yep. that that you yeah. just mentioned more yeah, than yeah. double yeah. The, the, the thirty grand. Sixty grand instead of yeah, thirty. Exa- you know, exactly right. Which is a very comfortable lifestyle yeah. for a single person. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, a bit yeah. of, few few wins. Um, you know, straight out of the gate, which is good. Um, um we better okay. get into our topics. We better. We better. We're twenty minutes in. We've got twenty minutes. <laughs> oh, <today, yeah>. right? <laughs> Commonwealth Bank has just released a buy now. Pay by installments product. Yeah, or I, tell, I, me, tell me about that. Look. I saw an, I just got an email because I am a Commonwealth Bank customer. Mm. Um, not that's not a plug or anything like mm. that. That's not advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I saw this um, this email come through. It's um, basically yeah, buy now pay later. It's called SurePay. Mm-hmm. Um, just gives you the ability to split your you know your purchase into four. I think it was four. I think you can choose. Um, I think you could, yeah, you could choose. Three, three six or 12 month repayment, repayment periods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically, you know, buy, buy one thing and, you know, you can you can pay it off in instalment. So, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's call it, it you know, Commonwealth Bank version of Afterpay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it seems that it's sort of already loaded into your credit card or um, if you've got a credit account um, with if them. You, if you've got a Combank credit card, yeah. then you don't have to apply for this facility. Yeah, it's, it's already it's, approved. It's yeah. sort of already approved. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically get to choose three, six or 12-month repayment periods. Um, now, there is a fee. There's no there's interest, though. No interest. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but there's a setup fee of 2%, mm-hmm. 3%, or 5%, depending on what period of time you choose. So mm-hmm. whether you choose a 3-, 6-, or 12-month repayment mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the percentage fee is levied on the purchase price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's quite interesting to see that, you know, regardless... So we've got a credit card, and if you use a credit card effectively, um, you know you've got thirty days effectively of interest-free um, bank money. Um, this is like the the bank competing with your other um, payment method, after pays and yeah. things like that, I guess. Um, yeah. So 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 it tells you that you can have up to fifty active plans at any one time. Fifty. One of the yeah. highlights is it's easily to easy to track and manage your plans through the Combank app. So I don't know how you how the hell you'd manage fifty <laughs> active yeah. instalment plans. I think that that sounds like a complete headache to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you can pay it off. You know, the beauty is you can pay it off early, and and I don't and I understand that there's no sort of penalties. Um, if you are to pay it off early, now what? What's, You've already paid the fees. So yeah, yeah. So, so what? What's what's my problem with this? Well, look, there's no interest, but mm. you know, when you start levying two percent, three percent, or five percent, mm. um, my my basic understanding is that is interest. Um, that's just my very it's basic. Another form. Yeah, yeah, it's just my very basic understanding of mm. of arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if if they were to say it's a fixed fee mm. um, of you know hundred. Fifty or sixty dollars, depending on the purchase price. Then you know maybe that's more palatable. But mm. you know th- there is interest levied on the purchase price, so that's really important to understand. And of course, the longer you prolong it, um, the higher the interest charges on the on the on the on the purchase amount. Now, what wh- what why is it that I received this email on you know from from Commonwealth Bank? What time? When when was it? Um, the 18th of January, I think it was, or around then. Actually, no, sorry. It was the 2nd of January that I received the email in my inbox. What a timely email to receive just off the back of Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And I think to myself, 
come on, you know, banks, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to take some responsibility here, not totally encourage people to, you know, excuse my language, piss money against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just another way that, you know, they, in my view, are going to get their, you know, mitts on you mm-hmm. yeah. um, and sort of, you know, get their claws in and, you know, keep you committed to the bank and, and, you know, keep keep them profitable. But everyone wants a share. Yeah, um, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the banks making money, mm. but I do have a bit of an issue with them sort of st- st- straying from their core business model. Mm. Um, and this is a little bit like, hey, I just want to give you a method to encourage you to spend more money. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm guessing at a board level, they're looking at the competitors like their afterpays, et cetera, and of, saying, hey, we need, we need, that's a threat of, to... Talk to our credit card business. Let's find a way to. Of course, that, of so. course they are, and mm. you know it's just my view. Buyer beware. Mm. Just be conscious. If you can't afford to buy it over thirty days, mm. maybe you can't afford to buy it over three months. Maybe you can't afford to buy it over six months. Maybe you shouldn't be able to afford to buy it over twelve yeah. months. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm guessing that you know they set up fees from between two to five percent. I'm guessing the two percent applies to the lowest. The, the, the smallest of course it does the three month but as a as a as an effective or real interest rate like it's it's two percent right but it's two percent at the start and remember that balance is diminishing very quickly over that three month period so yep. I haven't done the calc but the real the, the real effective interest rate yes would be quite high um, yeah you, yeah you do the numbers yeah because two percent over a three month period well First of all, if you analyse that, that's 8%, yep. you know, anyway. Yep. But then remember the balance is reducing very quickly over that three-month period. So it's probably in line with what credit credit card rates are anyway. Yeah, I didn't even, didn't even consider that. And for those for those who sort of want to drill down on that explanation from Steve in a bit more detail, that the interest rate up front or the fees being levied on the full purchase price, hmm. Steve's point is, is that if you were to go and get a normal loan... Hmm. And you know the interest was five percent, but mm. you're paying it off within three months. Mm. The total interest would be quite low relative to the original purchase price. So, so th- this is clever marketing. It is. There clever. is no interest charged on purpose purchases. Great, but there is a fee. It didn't even didn't even do the do the numbers on the on mm. the two. But yeah, just 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 be careful if you. You can't afford it over three, you know, one month. Mm. So that's a normal credit card. A normal mm. credit card is going to give you one month interest free on your mm. original purchase. If you can't afford it over one month, maybe you can't afford it over three. Maybe you can't afford it over six and yeah. maybe you can't afford it over 12. So just be careful. Don't get sucked into it. Don't spend more than you're, you know, basically mm. earning. That's really the mentality here. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Super. People all week have been talking to me about super when I've been chatting with them. Um, so I don't know what that is. Maybe um, people just at the beginning of the year start to think about how they can get ahead and mm-hmm. and and, uh, and whatever. So and not get sucked into the bank's in. clever yeah. marketing. Um, yeah, one of the things about that super that I've been able to demonstrate to people, you know, you, you can basically with superannuation, you can spend a dollar and get a dollar fifty into super. Yep. You know, via salary sacrifice. Yep. So that's really powerful, isn't yep. it? Yeah. You know, the, the trade-off there is that you can't then get a get it back again yep. until you're 60 yep. um, or retired. Um, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about the fact that um, when people are thinking about making contributions to super over the long term, so you're talking to a 30-year-old and they're going to be contributing for the next 30 years, mm-hmm. um, then they tend to think that what they put in is what they're going to, going to get out. 
you know, so over that 30 year period, they contribute 100 grand, 150 grand to super. Yep. Then they're going to get 150 grand and a little bit of interest um, when they retire. But it actually, it's very interesting that the power of it, apart from the tax advantage, the power of it isn't so much in what you've contributed, contributed. Mm-hmm. It is what those contributions will earn over the 30-year period. Yep. Or 20-year period or 10-year yep. period, yep. whatever it is. Yep. So. And, and continue to earn and compound on each other. And, mm. you know, that, that, that is really the secret source. Yeah. So the vast majority of the money that we end up with in super isn't what you've contributed. It's what those contributions have earned um, over the period of time. Yeah, very, very valid point. Mm. Yeah. So bit of an example, we don't want to get, get bogged down in this, given yep. that we've only got 12 minutes to go in, in the episode. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, take a person who sort of starts work at, you know, full-time work at the age of 20, young, young people don't earn as much um, initially because yep. they're just getting started. So let's just say they're earning $35,000 a year, then mm-hmm. increases by $5,000 a year until that person turns 30. Yep. At the age of 30, they start earning 90 grand and that, that remains their wage until they retire at 60. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's some, yeah, listen, it's just a set of assumptions. But, yeah. Um, and the employer makes compulsory super contributions of, let's uh, assume, 12, 12, yeah. 12% because yep. that's what it will be from 2025. And then the super fund invests the money or the, the person invests the money through their super fund and they get an average return of 6% um, after inflation. Yep. Which are all very reasonable assumptions. Yeah, very reasonable assumptions. Yep. Um, and, and it's important to highlight, 6%, most mm. people might hear 6% and go, oh, that doesn't sound very high. Hmm. But it's that inflation adjustment, adjusted, that's, yep. about, that's about right. Yeah. So by the time that 20-year-old person turns 60, they'll have around $1.77 million in super. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just from employer contributions. Yep. Um, and earnings. But of that 1.77 million, the contributions, the actual contribution amount is only 526,000. Yep. So it's money that the employer has put in. That's the 12%. And the remaining 1.25 million has been created by the investment investment earnings. Yep. Um, So 70% of the person's retirement superannuation balance has come from earnings on the contributions. Yep. Um, which is which is crazy, hmm. and, and and that isn't an inflationary adjusted figure that hmm. it, that that this hmm. example is used. So hmm. yeah. so you know so real, someone yeah, yeah someone might think oh well is that one point seven in thirty years time that's actually not that much money. No, this is giving you yeah, a figure it, of saying hey what would, what would you be worth today dollars? Yeah. in today's dollars? Hmm. So that's actually really powerful yeah. um, as an example. And yeah, I mean I guess the icing on the cake there is a. It's not been the contributions you've put in, as you're mm. pointing out, Steve. Mm. It's actually the earnings that have been earned on the rate of earnings on those contributions. Yeah, and um, then you know you you can look at that and say, okay, well, what if that 20 year old was really cautious and didn't really want to invest uh, in you know into the share market to get the six percent inflation adjusted return and was, was quite conservative and got a half a percent less real return. Yeah. That makes a couple hundred thousand dollars difference, you know, at, at age 60. So um, young people, you know, need to sort of take some advice at some stage to make sure that they're invested correctly. Yeah. Um, because if they're invested in the default balance fund um, yep. instead of 
and this isn't advice, but instead of the high growth fund, yeah. that could mean a difference of 1% return over 40 years, and that ends up being huge numbers. Yeah, that's mm. 200, Four, 300, $400,000 difference. Yeah, yeah. $400, mm. Um, mm. yeah, you're exactly right, Steve, and, and I have this conversation with people all the time. Um, we want all the return and none of the risk. Mm. And, and, you know, when we do our psychometric risk profiling for mm. a lot of clients, you know, most people, surprise, surprise, end up relatively conservative. Um, with, with, when the, with the scoring, yeah, yeah. with mm-hmm. the scoring, um, you know. But when you drill down on it, and you and you and you know, this is part of the advice piece. Mm-hmm. Help them understand their investment time horizon, making sure that they're invested in the right asset allocation. You know, that's the power mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a couple of hours with a financial advisor could be worth a few hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for you. So that's pretty good payback. Yeah. Well, for, yeah, for a 20-year-old, it could mean half a million dollars. Yeah, it's exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. So, yeah. you know, it is it is mm-hmm. an interesting, you know, um, value proposition anyway. Okay, next, uh, we've got eight minutes left. Next, I was going to talk about budgeting, but we'll do that next time. Okay. Um, and I thought instead we'd just talk. I've been asked this week about self-managed super funds. Um, Ooh, I cringe yeah. when I hear, I, yeah. I cringe sometimes good, when I hear self-managed super funds. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've been asked about is, you know, if we were to set up a self-managed super fund, then, you know, the self-managed super fund will be able to pay for heaps of stuff, won't it, that, um, that, and that, we, that we normally pay for. So no, 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 that's not the case. So remember, a self-managed super fund is like any super fund. Yep. It's there and it's designed to um, provide for the member's retirement yep. um, down the track. Um, so it follows that there have got to be rules around superannuation, including self-managed super funds. And some of the and what the money are, can are, be used for. And, and what can the money... So yeah. there are certain things that a superannuation, self-managed super fund can and can't buy, mm-hmm. right? But we won't go into that. Yep. Um, but one of the common misconceptions, and people ask me you know, whether we can do it all the time, is can can I take the investment property that I own in my own name mm-hmm. and uh, just transfer that across to the self-managed super fund um, and, you know, away we go, let the self-managed super fund own it. No. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a related party property. Yeah. That's a related party yeah, asset yeah. and just can't do it. Um, so that aside, um, what what can a super, self-managed superannuation fund actually pay for in its day-to-day life? Right. So, so some of the common things are you know, the accounting fees that relate solely to the self-managed super fund. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So... It's very important that we're in, when you go to your tax agent or your accountant that you, they don't include the bill for your personal work um, in your self-managed super funds. Wrapped it, wrapped and, it up into, in, yeah. into, into that, yeah. Because that's illegal, right? Um, so accounting fees that relate solely to the self-managed super yep. fund can be paid for by the super fund. Yep. Um, financial advice fees mm-hmm. that relate to the self-managed super fund. Yep. Um, can be paid for, various supervisory leveries for self-managed super funds, subscriptions and newsletters that relate solely to the management of the self-managed super fund. Mm. So what an example of that might be, you know, uh, you know, a subscription to the SMSF Association magazine. Mm. Um, it know. wouldn't be a subscription to Money Magazine. No. Because um, Money Magazine doesn't talk about only self-managed super exactly funds. right yeah so you got to be a, you got to be i think you got to be a little bit careful um mm. specifically around things like that mm. um 
and you know if the and if it's grey, you'd have to take the assumption, I think, in self managed super fund land that mm. it's not allowed. Mm. Uh, I can pay for software again used solely for the management of the yep. self managed super fund, yep. so share trading software, yep, of course. Et um, expenses relating to property held by the self-managed mm-hmm. super fund, such as rates, maintenance, property insurance, etc. Yep. Not to get muddied with your own personal stuff and ASIC fees. So it's actually quite limited as to what the self-managed super fund can pay can pay for. Yeah, and it's kind of you know a general thumbs you know fairly similar to a business structure, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's its own entity. It's got to pay for things that relate to the operation of the business. And mm-hmm. in this instance, the business is effectively the self-managed super fund or the retirement assets for the member. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, you don't want to get too tricky with mm-hmm. it um, because if you do, there's fairly substantial penalties. Mm-hmm. Another another thing that people fall in, into the trouble, they make the mistake of doing is they don't, you know, when they're paying for things, they don't ensure... That the invoice is um, that they're paying is actually made out correctly. So, yeah, to the so, yeah, that's a good point. Know, um, so, um, if you're going to be paying for anything that's in relation to self-managed super fund, then the invoice needs to be made out to yeah. the self-managed super fund. You know, yeah. and that you know, you could see an example there might mm. be you know you've got a maintenance guy come out and fix something on your prop- on mm. your investment property in your mm. self-managed super fund and you know they they know you as Jono and mm. yeah. you know they make the invoice out to Jono and yeah. you know mm. all of a sudden you've got an invoice sitting there that's not correctly addressed to the self-managed super fund mm-hmm. so you know these are the type of things that when an auditor goes through the accounts mm. they're going to be looking at and mm. understanding how they fit in whether where they've arisen from are they genuine aren't mm. they um, you know, so if you want to make your life easy and mm. more cost effective, just do it, do it right. But that's yeah. a really valid point, Steve. You know, yeah. making sure that costs associated with the fund are addressed to the fund. And quite often, a self-managed super fund will be advised to, or will have um, paid for life insurance um, for the members. Yep. Again, it's very, very important when that life insurance policy is set up that it is set up as being owned by the self-managed yep. super fund. Yep. That's exactly because right. Because if it isn't. It can't be claimed. Um, is that my phone going off there, was it? That's right. Um, yeah, anyway. So there are a few things to be aware of. Um, you said that you run a mile when uh, anyone mentions no, a self-managed super fund, but these are some of the reasons. Yeah. That, that because it is, it is, they, are, they can be hard work, uh, especially if people go off willy-nilly and do what they think is right yeah. without getting advice. Oh, and then, and it, then it's all got to be fixed. You know, and you see, you see some examples of where the mm. self-managed fund is really powerful. You know, mm. like, yeah, there's a lot of logic, you know, in commercial property ownership and you operate mm. a business out of commercial property. Um, mm. You know, there's a lot of logic in that. But, mm. you know, we just see some pretty wild um, thoughts when it comes to self-managed super mm, that mm. are often, quite often going to be extremely detrimental to the mm. wealth accumulation goals of the person we're talking to. Yeah. So that's sort of why, that's why I always get a little bit hesitant the around... Ra- yeah, you got, the radar's got to be there to make sure that it's suitable. And that's exactly right. The, 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 I, I think a self-managed super, super fund is not suitable for most people. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's, a, that's my view. fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're at 39 minutes and it'll take us uh, a minute to wrap up. <laughs> Maybe not even that long, but we're, we've done pretty well. So We have. 
Um, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk to you all again in a fortnight. Like, so, share, yeah, grow the movement. Grow the movement. Which movement's that? The Money Man Movement. Yep. And uh, we only took 15 seconds to wrap up. Lovely. But we'll talk again in awesome. a fortnight. See ya. See ya.